<laughs> really, the fucking nose is super prosthetic, crazy, like wrong color too. When you watch that movie again, like if you watch it recently in high def, yeah. it's like yo, they didn't even get the color right on that bitch. It's like dildo skin. It's like off, like yeah, <laughs> it's like like a chalky non-skin colored color, mm-hmm. like spirit, spirit gum. Yeah, like that. You can tell it's makeup shit back in the day, but yeah, man. The Seifert's only here for a bit. Let's let's get it rolling. Do it. Yeah. Welcome to No On 15 Allcast. It's your boy, Seven Seas. And tonight, I'm joined by some amazing people. I'm on with my boy, Mr. Risk, who hasn't been on in a minute. What's up, man? It's been a while. Ahoy there. Ahoy, hoy, hoy. (laughs) And uh, my right-hand man, Great Scott. Hola. I don't know if Ephraim's heard it yet, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah, maybe you Ooh. should. I want, I want to hear yeah. this. Yeah. You want to hear if it? you haven't heard it. Okay, this is Scott's intro. <laughs> that's great. What's that from? I'm trying to remember. I know I've heard that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like man. Get you stumped, dude. That's from uh, Predator. Wow. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, uh, like you got to pull out a splinter. Oh, <laughs> what's that God. in the hot shots or uh, part two? They got a splinter or something. He's like, oh. oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. We're talking about Night of the Comet tonight as we start a new series. Uh, we're calling it the Night of series uh, with a K, right? Because we got to find a knight in these movies. And it's just ironic because it a lot of them have the title with Night of the in it. So um, it's horror month. So by the time this stuff comes out, it's, it's going to be October. And we like to do a horror month. So kicking it off with this movie is pretty fun, especially if you haven't seen it in a long time or you've never seen it at all. So it's going to be cool to talk about it. And uh, before we get into all that stuff, got to check in with my guys here, see how they're doing. How, how are you doing, Ephraim? Anything, anything you want to report? Anything crazy? Um, Not lately. Uh been okay. It's been hectic, man. Summer's been going by quick, and there's so much going on every weekend. Like every time I try to get on, like last time for uh, with Lost Boys, couldn't get on because I got kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, we have a. So were you? We had to clarify something. Were you made to smoke marijuana? Marijuana? No, I didn't not. understand your text. Oh, I, I can't even remember what I texted. Hold up, uh, the wife is on some good. Be there in a minute or some shit like that. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it said. So, waiting for the wife to finish some good. Yes, that, that's exactly what it oh, said. Oh, I think I meant the right food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we recorded this whole like twenty five minute talking about what you might be doing thing because we were waiting for you. Someday <laughs> some people are gonna hear that shit. Uh, but we were talking about uh, what do you think he's doing and what do you think? Yeah, like we thought maybe 
waiting for someone to finish that that joint. Getting uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely think, wasn't like that. Maybe Scott said it pulled over. Pulled over, like he's riding DUI downtown somewhere. We just made all these crazy stories up, but I got yeah. drunk that night too, man. It sucks I didn't get over. Would have been a good commentary. <laughs> oh man, yes. yeah, that would have been great. Cool, man. Good to hear. You know, glad you're back on the show. It's been a minute, and it's always good to have you on. And cool. Scott, how was your week, man? Uneventful as always. Oh, what? Nothing to report. Swear I like it. Yep, that's amazing. Well, I am going to be the bearer of bad news. My week involved. Two instances where my kids hit themselves and I was the supervising adult. So looked one of those look down for a minute instances and look up and one falls Were over you not and back. Them? Yeah. <laughs> crack cracks his head on a speaker somehow. Uh, and now he had a little uh, cut on his forehead, the one year old, and then the three year old smacked like himself. Damn now. Somehow, yeah. He he got <laughs> no <laughs> hopefully not. No, hopefully he doesn't get that not. But the one he got in Lionheart. Yeah. <laughs> Someday we'll talk about that. We're going to do a, li- a Van Damme series. We have to. And the other one fell in, like, I first into something, either, like the sofa or something, man. And then it's like, it's whole, like, you got a little mark under his eye. So, yeah, that was my fault, too. So, yeah. What are you the doing? <laughs> trials and tribulations of being a father of toddlers is, is interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. My son actually hurt his toe outside today. So, that was fun. That was your fault. That was your fault. I know who's out there watching. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing my daughter. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, all right. Cool. Well, good to hear no one went through anything crazy, uh, tragic this week. So uh, let's run into our first segment, which is uh, what are you watching segment? Now play. Now play. Motion picture. Motion picture. Now play at a motion picture theater near you. What's he watching now? All right. What are you watching, Scott? Something I haven't mentioned was the House of the Dragon, mm-hmm. the Game of Thrones. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've uh, seen three episodes. I caught up with them uh, just the other day, this past week. My wife and I uh, watched them. She's never watched the original series, so I was like, just watch this one. It's a prequel. You won't lose anything. Yeah. <laughs> or spoil anything. But um, I like it so far. Me too. I like how it's like uh, more like the later s- seasons of the original where it's yeah, more like combat based. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of it, Caesar? I have seen Game of Thrones. I refuse to watch the new show. Just, I don't know, something about the look of the characters don't interest me. So, mm. <laughs> I'm one of those. Fair I'm enough. One... It's hard to say. I can't watch that in Lord of the Rings. You know what I'm saying? It's, oh, like, uh, it's like a yeah, Marvel versus DC issue. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like. I think I mentioned this before. I went through the whole Game of Thrones, and at the end, it left such a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, I'm done with this stuff. Wow. You know, I, the journey I was watch good. Anymore. Didn't stick the landing on the finale, but I enjoyed it more than a lot of other stuff, though, still, in the end, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping this series continues what it's doing now. Obviously, it's only three episodes in, so I can't really say, but. Yeah. yeah. Good villain. They learn from their lesson. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The Damon fella. He's got some badass dragon armor, and he seems like, you know, he's complicated, like Jamie was. You know, he's evil, but right. at the same time, he's got a little sense of honor to him. Yep. James sticking Miles. with the, sticking with the brand. I like it so far. Yeah. How are you watching uh, Lord of the Rings, Caesar? Yes. Yes, I am. I watched, have not watched. I've watched the yet. first two episodes. Really digging it. I like it. It's good, man. 
it's good. And it's the way they're setting things up. I think it's, it's pretty good. I think it's because you know who a lot of these characters are mm-hmm. and seeing how things are progressing. It almost seems like the introduction of some of the characters for the first time. If you obviously haven't read the books and stuff like that, and you're just strictly sticking to like the cinematic stuff and characters. Yeah, that'd be me. So I think yep. if you come from that angle, you'll enjoy it because you'll know who some of these characters are and you'll see eventually you know where it goes, but it's kind of cool to see what they're getting into and how everything came to be Wheels in the evolution turning. and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really cool, I think, so far. And it looks like they spent a ton of money on the effects. So, Oh, yeah. Well, it was, it, isn't like the most expensive show made? It's, like, it's very ever? visually stunning, well, I think. Yeah, yeah that, I believe you are correct, Ephraim. Yeah. yeah, it happens from time to time. <laughs> yeah, anything else? I'm gonna Scott? guess they said like half a billion or some shit. That sounds familiar. I'm like, man, I, I've never seen the the amount, and I was like flabbergasted. Like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that and fucking intro. Take sequence. care of a small country for like <laughs> cost in one episode, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> could feed all the homeless, or we can watch yeah. this. Thank you. <laughs> we, we choose the latter, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I started watching Cobra Kai last night too. Um, caught the first three episodes so far of the new season. So mm-hmm. pretty great. Digging it so far. Yeah. Show just has a way of just pulling you in, man. It's just it's crazy. I don't know the, the writers and uh, everything on this people working on the show just insane to knock it out of the park for me. It is. It is. It's almost like it was written for us at this time in our lives. It's weird. Uh, yeah, as adults, as adults, and comparing it to when we saw it the first time, as to where we are now, it just—it's like, like you said, it's really smart writing so far. I'm almost done with it. I think I have a couple episodes left, but it's—it's nice. it's so good, man, so good. Finished Any... it. Okay, nice. Did you, did you like it? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a really good awesome. ending. Nice. Cool. All right. Any movies? Anything else, Scott? I watched The Beast. Oh, how was that? Oh. Oh, it was really With Idris good. Elba? Yep. Yeah. Looks okay. like a man versus nature. Reminds me of um, Ghost in Darkness. Right That's what I was going to say. That was a cool movie, too. Was that with gorillas? No, it was a lion movie. I was about that story what, where they some uh, people were building the Man eating lions and Africa? when they were building the railroads back in the day. Yeah. They actually had those lions at the, them, right? the Museum right? of Science and Industry in Chicago. The, the, they had the two real ones there. Like around that same time that the movie came out, I think. Where were they at in that movie? The setting. It was in Africa, but I, I can't Africa? recall okay. that exactly. Yes, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like they're in Chicago. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. They were in, this uh, one was a single lion. Yeah. Uh, the trailer looked pretty cool. It looked uh, intense. You know? It is. Mm-hmm. And so, it's short. I too. See if... It's not too long. So nice. That's cool. You can sit through it. Nice. I want to add a little twist to this. We usually talk about stuff we we're watching. Is there something you guys want to see that you know is up, but you haven't seen it yet? Like it's movie or TV wise or whatever. Yeah, any anything it could be a movie, TV show. Uh, I know the new season of Handmaid's Tale is coming out in a few days. Definitely check that out. I'm sure, there's lots of movies I'm not even thinking about at the moment. Can't wait for Halloween. Uh, yeah, next month nice. for sure. That one. Nice. I saw the Black Adam trailer during football on Thursday. That looks fucking mm. amazing. Mm. I didn't see the new trailer yet. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying it's like the most Marvel DC trailer ever, so that's why a lot of people like it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, could, I could definitely see that. It, it looks it looks pretty dope, so I can't wait to see that either. Um, Have you guys been keeping up on that uh, 
um, Hellraiser sort of reboot. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of the images from it. Uh, the, the, the Hulu re- reboot, right? Yeah, the, yeah, it's Hulu. I couldn't remember who it was. Really curious how that can how that's going to turn out. It's weird because I think Hulu has the publishing rights or something like that from Clive Barker, so that's why they've been putting out like a lot of his different stories and stuff like that. Which is weird. I don't know how that works. The prey was freaking awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because that's like that's owned by both Disney and Comcast. I think like like yeah. Somehow it's like they each own a piece of it. Some of the stuff that they've been putting out, those stuff that was being worked on while it was still Fox, I think. Which is like definitely prey was. um, Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember reading that. So that kind of makes sense, but cool. I have I have one that I want to see. It's I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for it. It's called Fall. I haven't seen it yet, but that oh, one looks yeah. really intense, man. Is that on demand now? I feel like I've seen something. Like I, th- that I think on it is coming soon. But yeah, it looks pretty crazy. With some girl like climbing some tower or something, right? Like a right sort of yeah. tower or something like that. It's almost like what is that movie? Forty-seven meters down. Oh yeah, that? or open water. <laughs> or open or or yeah. what's the other one with Blake? Was it Blake Lively when she's like stuck? Oh yeah, where the shark is just something. yeah. It's almost like that man in a way, but opposite. Like they're all the way up there and they're stuck. So it yeah. looks crazy. It just looks crazy. It, it looks crazy. intense. <clears throat> Doesn't Definitely Jackie Rohelio have yeah. that one? Jackie, <laughs> I don't know, mate. He Pretty might. Sure I saw it in he his might. collection. Jackie's got everything, man. You just ask him. He get it to you. But nice, man. Good stuff. Good stuff, guys. Jump into our uh, flashback segment real quick. Doc, I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year, back to the, back to the, back to the, back to the year. The year is 1984. Pretty sure it's 84. I think this was filmed in 83, but came out in 84. So something like that. Any interesting facts you guys can remember from 84? Cool stuff. Things you can think about. Uh, I turned five. <laughs> Isn't that the first WrestleMania? Uh, I think that was '83, wasn't it? I, no, I could be wrong. I couldn't tell you to I, be honest. I think that's well. That was the year that Hulk Hogan won the first WWF Championship, I believe, in '84. And I, but I don't think it was at a WrestleMania. It might have been Saturday one of those Saturday, night. yeah, Saturday night events they used to do back in the day. So. Uh, we talked about the show. We've talked about 84 before me and Ruben did actually because we, we did Purple Rain. So that's one of the interesting things about that year. Pop culture wise, Purple Rain was out. Okay. Yeah. So Purple Rain kind of dominated that year in a way that is crazy when looking into some of the stuff for that year. Like it was the only time in history that it had the number one song, the number one album and the number one movie at the same time, which was Purple Rain. The hat trick. They had, yeah, it's a crazy, crazy hat trick. I don't know if they'll ever mm-hmm. do that again. So I doubt it. But Prince is a legend. Yeah, um, sure. The <laughs> the Commodore sixty four computer was seven hundred ninety nine bucks in uh, eighty four. Wasn't God. the Nintendo released Eight, here in eighty four? Uh, eighty five, I think, came out eighty five. Yeah, I think it was eighty five. I think it was eighty four, and that's also the year Kyle Reese returned from the future to save Sarah Connor. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man obviously that year a lot of popular movies came out ghostbusters beverly hills cop indiana jones temple of doom gremlins karate kid police academy footloose shit romancing yeah, the stone came out that year i can't front i used oh, yeah. to like that movie as a kid 
with uh, Michael Douglas. But Kathleen yeah. Turner, was it? Kathleen Turner, yeah. Yeah. Kathleen Turner um, and Hooch. <laughs> like the biggest Christmas that. gifts that year were Cabbage Patch Kids, Transformers action figures, and for some reason the cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Tri- <laughs> trivial trivial pursuit that year. Curtains of smokes. <laughs> Dorals. Oh, Dorals. <laughs> oh, parachute pants came out in that year. They yeah. did. No need to fact check it. <laughs> I, it just sounds right. Here, some of the famous quotes from that year. Where's the beef? Oh. Fuck that one. Wendy's, man. Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, I'll Be Back, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Ronald Reagan's My Fellow Americans. Yeah. <laughs> didn't uh, they try to yeah. shoot his ass? Yeah. Didn't he get shot, like, in the stomach or something? Yeah. yeah. You don't fucking hear about it too often. Uh, and the, I'll say the tragic thing that year was Motown legend Marvin Gaye was shot to death by his own father after a fight what? between them. Holy fuck. Uh, on Christmas. Wow. Well, actually, no, not on Christmas with the murder weapon that his son gave him for Christmas. He didn't like that yeah. gift, huh? Yeah. His reputed final words were, I got what I wanted. I couldn't do it myself, so I made him do it. That's weird. It's like, so, did That's he want to kill himself? Morbid as fuck, yeah, dude. man. Right. Fucking, <clears throat> might have to edit that out. Mentioned. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, y'all. <laughs> well, it is horror month. Uh, it is horror month, yep. So yeah. yeah, top song was like a virgin. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's run into the wheel names of the 30-second challenge. <laughs> Today, one of these lucky contestants will win right here on Wheel Her Names. Okay. Okay. So let's see who's on the wheel tonight, gentlemen. Gentlemen, I feel like uh, after that Aqua Teen thing, like gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get that shit. I gotta get the sound for that. But uh, I feel it's only fitting because last week you, you gotta gotta like give it to somebody. You know what I mean, Scott? Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> so on the wheel <laughs> we have <laughs> El Vega. You owe us from last week, Ephraim and Risk. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'll take the white dot in the middle. <laughs> and uh, let's see who is going to be if your all three goes. Ooh. Oh, I was hoping it was yellow. Oh, man. Yeah, that would have been great. Plain old Ephraim. Plain old Ephraim. How boring. Oh, <laughs> man. All right. So you got 30 seconds to tell us about Night of the Comet. Uh, whenever you're ready, Scott will give you a three, two, one, and we'll run it. Are you prepared? Um, yeah, I guess so. Three, two, one. T minus 30 seconds. Okay, so today's movie is Night of the Comet, released in 1984. The plot is pretty simple. There's a comet that came after 65 million years, and it released a gas, and it wipes out almost the whole population of Earth, except for some people who decide to stay inside, which is odd. And uh, they find some scientists, or some scientists find them. And uh, people who were not dead by the gas become some kind of zombie like creatures. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. 
Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. In a nutshell. Not bad. Not bad. Not my worst. <laughs> Not my worst. Not my last, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not my worst or my last. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, a I bad mean, quote. Too, from... mom. <laughs> bad <laughs> quote. <laughs> Good old Bob. Oh, man. Uh, well, Night of the Comet. What'd you guys think? Or Ephraim, is this the first time you've ever seen it? You said? Yeah, actually, this is my first time. Uh, you know, so, yeah, let's, in, uh, hear let's hear it movie this and all that stuff for so damn long and for some reason i thought i had seen it until i read this i was like oh no i didn't see this one but yeah i thought it was a cool little sort of pseudo horror sci-fi flick from the 80s it's pretty basic basic plot i thought simple but it's cool watch nice what about you scott how'd you feel watching it i didn't finish it because tubi's fucking commercials yep not to be <laughs> I got to the point where the scientist bitch slapped that girl for running loose in the fucking laboratory. <laughs> we had some fun and I was like, slaps, oh, man. shit, it's time to start. Oh, man. One fun fact before we get going, there was the fucking commercial was the best part. There's this family that's got a little baby. They're like, oh, we know our hands are full with the baby, but we doubled down and got a little puppy anyway. Now we've got a lot of pet stains and odors. The fucking family holds up this yellow t-shirt with a big-ass shit stain like the dog shit on the baby's chest or something. And they just oh throw God. it in the fucking dryer like, you know. <laughs> that was Terrible. the best part of the fucking Life's movie tonight. Alright, other than that, though, did you yeah, I've like, always, like it? I saw it last Halloween and I just don't think I was in the mood to watch it. Like mm, you okay. said earlier before we started, there's good cinematography. They got a lot of good... Uh, you know, like background shots, just stills, basically, of the city after mm -hmm. the effect of the comet. Right. Shit like that. The red skies reminds me of, like, the DC crisis. Mm. <laughs> I always liked that, that idea. I think there's potential for, like, a actually really good movie to be remade out of this. You know, just Dawn of the, Dawn of the Dead the shit out of it. Mm. Up the stakes, yeah. make the zombies more dangerous, and maybe fix whatever the fuck the scientists thought they were doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man i mean i have like my note on this is like interestingly i feel like the movie is way ahead of its time as far as having badass women protagonists uh the inclusion mm -hmm. of having like a badass mexican-american dude as a hero yeah. and a, a different take on the zombie genre too like you know a comic causing people to either disintegrate or slowly turn into zombies which is kind of mm -hmm. cool idea. Like, and especially for that time, like 84, you don't really see any of that stuff, you know? And so I, I feel like that is ahead of its time. And like we were talking before the cinematography, a lot of the shots and the way the characters are portrayed, is pretty dope. Like the girls are almost like very colored, vibrant, like their stuff they're wearing and compared to like the villains, a lot of them are like, and it's almost a comic booky in a way, you know, like the villains mm -hmm. are like gray or darker colors to make them stand out. And then, a lot, like you said, a lot of the shots are, are crazy to see what they did. And it's also like a really low budget movie. Like they only used like $700,000 to create it. And it made like 14 million at the box office, which I know it doesn't sound like a lot nowadays, but at that time, I think yeah, that's pretty impressive. Pretty amount, I think that is a lot of money. And I got one note quick. I fuck your dad mm -hmm. and I'll knock you out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. That was the basic so, conversation that stepmom held. Man, that, that man, scene had me dying. Cool. 
think I uh, texted Caesar about that earlier. <laughs> I'm like, oh. the nine minute mark, and I'm left my ass off. This little slap pheasants look. <laughs> oh man, that so that happens like a little. I, I mean, we see some of the stuff leading up to that, but yeah, when that happens, oh my god. Like my wife was watching that with me too. She's like, "That's right, slap her back." Like, and then she punched her. We're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> she like grabbed her one hand. Like cold cocked her ass. It's like a, a hockey match or a hockey oh, fight. Man. And she, so this happens to Samantha between her stepmom and her name's Carol. Is it? Is her name Carol? Carol her stepmom? I can't remember. Oh, I it sounds been Doris. Right. Oh, or Doris. You're right. It is Doris. Doris. Yeah, you're right. Totally right. It is Doris. Doris was a fucking bitch. Yeah, dude, she's, she's literally cheating on her, cheating on her. Father, yeah, like right in front of them, right in front of everyone, dude. Oh. Right out on the street. Yeah. There is, you know, she grabbed his cock out in the middle of the street, waiting for oh, the comet to come. <laughs> Man, it's so funny though. There, there is some subtle, like political stuff in this movie too. Like, you know, they they say stuff about consumerism. And the daughter talks about how her dad came back from Vietnam and just went to look for another yeah. war. So, like, there, there's that kind of stuff happening in there. And it's kind of subtle. It's not like, you know, they're not banging you over the head with it. But they, like, drop these little hints in there, which is crazy that you hear. Speaking of war in Vietnam and their dad was a Green Beret. Right. In, like, Honduras or some shit. <laughs> right. Is one of those scientists in the bunker Colonel Troutman? No. No. I know what you're talking about, though. He looks like uh, he's. Yeah, he does. He's played by uh, Geoffrey Lewis. He's a great character actor. He's been in a ton of stuff. I remember him. He was in Tango and Cash. So it might be that like correlation. Him and Stallone were in a movie together. So mm-hmm. uh, he was a captain in Tango and Cash. Uh, Lewis. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You see him in a ton of stuff. He, he was a great character actor. Yeah. Rest in peace. You know, I recognize him away, like, but... from quite a few things. I just remember what. Yeah. It has a cool opening too. this movie where you <clears> just kind of see main heroes shoes like coming through the lobby of like a theater it's kind of setting you up for something different in a way seeing a theater while watching a movie and that that theater in in particular reminded me of dunes like right away this theater that used to be <laughs> in uh zion which is a city nearby and right away gone, i thought no? it was like Dune. yeah it's gone man do you remember dunes yeah yeah mm-hmm. i, mean, I saw he man and back to the future in that fucker yeah man wow. it did the theater in red, uh, red. I was gonna say red because there's a movie called Red Dust. There's a poster in the theater, uh, in Night of the Comet, which is kind of a funny little thing that happens throughout the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that that reminded me of Dunes. It straight up had the stairs going up to the bathroom like area there, and then it had like mm-hmm. the entrance to the theater to the right of the concession. And then it had like an arcade game on the left, which was Tempest, which was hard as fuck uh, at the time. If you ever tried playing Tempest, was that what she was playing inside the movie too? Yeah, so she yeah, was playing right. in uh, in the arcade, which is cool. Like it's kind of a lot of the stuff at that time that was popular: arcade games, you know, movies. And yeah, yeah. That kind of like starts off something that ends up later on. You seen in the movie, which is the whole how she was getting mad at the score of this person that she didn't know who's DMK. DMK, yeah. Yeah, funny little little stinger there that we get to later in the movie, but <clears throat> it's, it's pretty crazy <laughs> how they did that too. What did you guys think about? everything like when it happened like for the first time when like the dust and the oh, comet passed the yeah well i think do they show all the dust before she leaves the theater 
I don't um, think so. I, don't I think, think before so, that, no. that Larry guy and her are talking about the steel in the theater. Right. Because that's the what they said. Save, save people. by steel. Yeah. And then at the same time, when they're having that conversation, that Larry guy's under the cover trying to freak on her butthole. Yeah, <laughs> so that the, <laughs> the funniest thing to me about that was when she said what about my 15 bucks and i was like i look over my wife so now she looks like a hoe when she asked for the money <laughs> but you worth more than 15 bucks babe everybody knows that <laughs> so bad real flat and that's that's one of the scariest moments that i remember as a kid and watching it again like the guy in the alley that mm-hmm. shit just oh, freaked me out yeah yeah and just hits him with the wrench, pipe wrench. Yeah, it's it's a very terrifying moment in a way, especially if you've never seen it. And it also is unique in mm-hmm. a way to me because it's taking place during the day. It's not like a dark alley mm-hmm. that she walks down afterwards uh, when she ends up getting locked out and trying to get back in. And it's just like lit up. It's during the day and she walks around yeah, to the back and that's creepy. Desolate. He got mm-hmm. zombified real quick because he was slamming that night train. <laughs> <laughs> his health was bad dude the fucking sh- comet sh- dust shout out night train I think it's no. so funny though with uh, when the comet comes over everybody's all hyped and pumped up to see it you know and it's mm-hmm. like it li- literally wipes out the whole population of the earth it sounds like you know mm-hmm. uh, it's some and like they're the only ones who live because they stayed inside and didn't bother going out to see the comet <laughs> nobody else in the world <laughs> yeah. like missed it for whatever reason <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was hilarious had to work. People had to work. Do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping, taking it's care of like, kids, was tired as hell. Those stock boys at the mall, somehow they got exposed. Oh my God. Well, let's, before <laughs> we get to that, the, the stock boys at the mall, let's, let's talk about the radio station. Like, what do you guys think about the stuff that would happen there? Like, we know she goes home and she meets Samantha and she tries to convince her what's going on outside, but she doesn't want to believe it. Who I, right. I gotta say Samantha's one of my favorite characters in the movie too, because she's just crazy. She'll give a shit. And she's like, whatever. And then she goes out there, look, she's like, This is Doris, and this is uh Brad from Cross Street or whatever right. his name was. Mm-hmm. What do yeah, and what do you guys that, think that about time. that? Well the yeah, it's cool to see like the realization on her face, you know, where she's mm-hmm. like, Oh shit, something is going on, you know, possibly. And then she like slowly closes the door on her. I thought that was funny. <laughs> like, she's just talking to you and she's like, Okay. She did like the Homer Simpson into the bush, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I liked it too. She's very uh, sort of bubblegum, but fun at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Scott? Yeah, I mean, it. it's so bright in the daytime and they're addressing such a strange issue. It's just, it, you can see like she's still in disbelief. Even when they get back inside, she's like, the kids are around. Yeah. Are, that's they're right. around here somewhere. She couldn't fucking take it. It's true. Putting yourself in the position, you try to want to believe it as you're watching the movie, and it is—it's fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so going. too. It's just different. It's a different take on some on a story that we've probably seen before. Like, well, it is. I mean, it's something we've known since the '60s, right? Night of the Living Dead, when things just suddenly change overnight, and mm. yeah, it, it's different. It's different in the fact that uh, I almost get vibes of. Uh, I don't want to say it's exactly like it, but kind of like Omega Man or I Am Legend, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, just to see something so desolate that's super populated, like L.A. is, like yeah. you would think it, it's just it's just different to see it in that light, and it it just gives you an eeriness, especially mm-hmm. with the way like a shot in the sky has that haze of red, 
uh, all the time. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. people more familiar with the area. That's probably like, oh shit, that looks creepy. I go past there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of the moments that I. Shot in LA. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. It it was. It's crazy. Like some of the shots they, which I'm kind of getting to, but like some of the shots that happened in the city, like they had to stop traffic to take those shots to make it look, you know, empty. Mm -hmm. um, they they did that in LA, and like getting to the radio station and what happens there when they meet Hector, and like also when they actually spend the night there and the nightmare that Samantha has about the cops. Yeah, she had like two in a row, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, two, like a nightmare within a nightmare. Um, right. That shit was Sick. creepy. Those cops were creepy as fuck to me. Because like watching it again, I'm like, one, you don't want to get pulled over by cops at night anyway, like that late. And then mm -hmm. two, when they creep up, they're freaking zombie cops. Like yeah. that shit is like scary, yeah. maniac cop style scary and shit. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of too when, at the car. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then one creeps up on her when she's getting undressed. Mm -hmm. In the other oh, nightmare, the in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> with a switchblade. Yeah. Cops have switchblades when they're zombie cops. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. <laughs> and I feel like there's it's it's funny. A lot of like, again, I'm going back to the shots and the cinematography. But there was moments in this when I was watching it now, and I'm like thinking, I could see how maybe unknowingly this might have influenced some anime in a way because a lot of the shots, like I feel like I've seen dark shots like that in anime. Uh, you know, either like some mm -hmm. movie or some show where they're they're kind of building the story up because they use a lot of darker shots, but it's, there's like a lot of color mixed in, like in, in weird ways in the background. So it, it to me, it almost has that element in it too, which is crazy. Okay, for being such an old movie. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, before that stuff really took off in the states. Yeah, yeah, and that was a cool mm -hmm. scene on the when they're at the. Uh radio station and they're just them talking to each other you know and then hector shows up and pulls a gun on them mm -hmm. saying let me see your eyes yeah so, mm -hmm. and they don't know what the knew. fuck he's talking about yeah when hector leaves though um because he said he has to go to san diego to check on his mom, right yeah that's that scene scared me too man fucking um, a zombie kid man a zombie yeah then he's like not he was scared of it he's just really you're like you're a kid or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think they could have done like it's fine and everything, but even though it's in the daytime, they could have done like an overcast. Mm. Where there's like more little... fog and shit like that. Right. Mm. That's true. That's the Did only complaint like the... I have is all the horror shit happens in the daytime, except for the cop nightmares. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like the mall scene. The mm -hmm. mall scene is dope, man. What's that guy with Willie? Yeah. And what did say? I'm not an asshole or what? I, I just, just I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Just don't give a fuck. Is that where I feel like I've heard that so many different places now? But man, oh, yeah. to hear it like in there, it was crazy. Yeah, it was I, you know who said that? Tupac said it in mm -hmm. Juice. Holy shit. Really? He said, yeah, he like said I'm not crazy. I just don't give a fuck. Damn, maybe yeah, Tupac was the night really of the comet fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's crazy, man. Because it was a line that stuck with me, and I was like, I've heard his that somewhere before. His character in the movie was into movies. Bishop, you're right. Juice, yeah. He was watching that fucking... Man, I gotta watch I that. I don't even remember that movie that he was watching. 
Yeah, that's right. He was a big Cagney and Lacey uh, fan too in the movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, that dude was creepy in the mall, man. Like, Joker-esque. there was some great acting. Yeah, there was great acting in it too. Like, probably, you know, you might not know who these actors are, obviously, but. Yeah. Um, I like how Regina did the. Uh, Ivan the Roth. Mannequin by the display. Way, played yeah, <laughs> that was dope. <laughs> I always remember that too. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Down. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and they're just like shooting target practice, and then she says something. She has a line, like kind of, kind of also giving the character some depth in a way that you wouldn't think about when she's like, "See, that's why I don't like these things." Daddy would have got us something else. Remember when the gun yeah, jams? Daddy would have got us Susie's. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like these these chicks already know like what's up. They know how to defend themselves. Like the the. Regina, the older sister, says it when yeah. she's fighting in the alley with the zombie. She's like, look, I, I know how to defend myself. I'm letting you know. I'm going to beat your it's ass. <laughs> He's like, I eat ass. He had a whole ass in his <laughs> hand when he came out from behind that dumpster. Larry's ass. Uh, take a bite of Larry's ass. <laughs> yeah, man. Which is something I think is really cool from this movie, too. That you don't really see that often. Like, they have a background where... They're not really scared sure, of shit. Damsel in distress or things like that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But that mall scene is crazy. I, I thought they were going to get got. Like, I didn't even remember that in a way. Like, they're about to get shot. And this yeah. dude's playing Russian roulette with them. Yeah. Except like they're not pulling times. the trigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just too impatient. <laughs> oh, man. That was crazy. What'd you guys think about that? Oh, I would have been uh, shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, I just. I thought they were a rape gang. I was like, oh, that makes sense. They hit out in the women's department store. They were going <laughs> to jump them and rape them, but no. And who knew? Nope. They tried killing them. I don't know what their intentions were. He's like, you don't know what we're going to do to you. It's way worse. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Were they going to eat them? Yeah. I think that's that's something they don't really specifically mention yeah. in the film, but they, I think everyone turned like into cannibals. cannibals. Or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That they all wanted to eat people. So this is when we meet the think tank that was in the desert in that compound, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. they, because they heard them at the radio station, and they know they're survivors. Uh, in particular, the Audrey character played by Mary Warrenoff didn't want to go get in anybody, and it's kind of confusing in a way. If you see it for the first time, you're like, "Is it that she's just a hater and doesn't want to help people?" But then later on, you kind of realize it's because she knows everyone has been exposed that was there. Yeah. So. It's kind of, kind of throws you, I think, in a way. I don't know if they did that on purpose or it was just kind of the way they, the character was portrayed or it was written. What did you guys think about the whole think tank thing? Yeah, it was interesting. Like you said, when you first showed it, I'm like, okay, what's the story with these guys and all that, you know? And but they're basically just gathering people or survivors and checking if they're exposed and what good in their blood to keep them alive longer or something like that. Mm-hmm. The laughing gas and. <laughs> the kids over there. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is crazy. God. We're going to go yeah. to the North Pole. <laughs> that, that's, some, that's some cult shit right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, fuck. Some Jim Jones shit. I think the yeah. way that they were so nonchalant about draining people dry and making them brain dead. Right. Keeping them alive to produce blood. That was fucking creepy. Yeah. yeah. That's cool that she scared um, what Samantha. Mm-hmm. So it's just got sedative. I totally forgot that 
watching it again, I thought, damn, did she die? I don't remember her dying because later on, I always yeah. remember that scene in the trunk, you know, but I was like watching it again this mm -hmm. time. I was like, damn, did she kill her? Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, I agree. It's cool to have her back. Yeah. I didn't Hector, realize man. she was alive <laughs> until Hector popped her out of the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hector was subtly a badass too, though. He was just like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, walking we around with gloves and shit. I was like, yo, this dude's going to do work. He wore gloves in the 80s and shit. This <laughs> 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 shit is like a thing back then, wearing leather gloves. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> did they have fingers? Yeah, they did. They weren't cut <laughs> off. They had fingers. Okay, so like, it must have been isotoners. It wasn't going to bust out and break dance. Nah. It's like he had them thieving gloves on, or them. Uh, I'm gonna beat your ass with these gloves on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking up my hands. Driving gloves. Yeah, that was yeah, a nice murder, murder nice gloves. Thing. It's like he wasn't a fucking <laughs> cholo, you know. Yeah, he wasn't um, a stereotypical Mexican. Played by Ro Robert Beltran. Uh, played okay. Hector Gomez. More people probably know him from Star Trek. He played uh, what's that mm -hmm. character's name? Star Trek Bashir or something like that. Uh, he played like Chakoy, Ch I can't even. Chakoy, yeah, Chakovi or something like that. Uh, Chekhov. Ch Ch no, Chekhov's Chakote. Chakote. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was on Voyager. I always like noticed like him in this film. I was like, man, why didn't I see him in more stuff? I thought he was really good, you know. But he, yeah, he did Star Trek for a while, <clears> and. Mm -hmm. That's where most people know him from there. That was like 10 years more or later, 10 or more years yeah. later. Yeah, he did a lot of theater stuff. I guess he likes doing plays and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, and that's one of the things, like you said, Scott, he insisted, like, he didn't want to be typecast, so he almost didn't want the role at the time. He didn't want to be, in, like, another Cholo. So oh, that was yeah. pretty cool. So, like, they wanted like to be at first? No, he just made it clear to them. Like, yeah. you know, he didn't want that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. That is important. And I mean, overall, the story, like once we get to the end, and obviously you kind of get the feeling like these people at the think tank, they're not like security people. They're not like trained. So it was mm -hmm. not that difficult for two girls that were trained by their dad their whole life to kind of tear that place apart. <laughs> yeah. And then Hector knew how to do explosives too and shit. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're quite the triple threat. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, that situation and then they took off with the kids they get away everyone uh eventually we find out that obviously all those people that were in the think tank were exposed right and overall like do you guys think there is something more horror in this film or is it just more sci-fi to you um, in the grand scheme it's probably more sci-fi because you don't get too much yeah. of the zombie stuff, you know? Yep. Yeah. But um, but it was good. Nice. <laughs> the uh, scene at the, the car at the end when they're crossing the street. Mm -hmm. And then you're talking about the stinger at the end. Yeah. The guy, Samantha almost gets ran over by uh, some guy just driving a, a convertible, right? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> he slicks her. He's like, you shouldn't be on the street like that. And we're walking into the street like that. And she... Gets in the car, so she says, "Nice car." And he's like, "I got like thirteen more or something like that, right?" Mm -hmm. You want to, you want to see? And so she gets in without <laughs> know who the hell yep. this guy is, and then you know everybody else is like, "Okay, see you later." 
Yep, yeah. Right. yeah. I thought that was well, they, funny, but then you see the license plates. There's a DFK. Yeah, that's a, the stinger that, uh, you know, at the very beginning of the movie that they, they were able to close it. Down, which was cool. uh, I thought it was cool, like good writing. Yeah, like, I, I did. I actually bring it back yeah. home. Yeah. So we yeah, started I mean, with, uh, with that. They all seem like they're going to die or something eventually, so you might as well jump in the car with a stranger. <laughs> well, that's what they said. Her sister says, we don't even know who this guy is. He's just some stranger. And I think Hector's like, what's your name? And then he says, my name's Danny Mason Keener. And then she yells back, his name's Danny Mason Keener. And they're like, okay, Danny Mason Keener, have her back by midnight. And, you know, she, he's like, midnight? And then like, yeah, okay. And they drive away and then you see the license plate says DMK. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool they did that. Who was your favorite character, real quick? I probably like Regina, I think. Nice. Mm-hmm. I thought she Larry was, was pretty bad cool. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Willie was cool. <laughs> Is that the dude from the theater? Yeah. He's the, a uh, department store. He's a mall or... guy. Yeah. Old. Yeah. How about you, Scott? Larry. Butter For real? Freak. Larry? No, was freaking on the butthole man all right she's like we're not even that serious we're not going steady or anything he just you know he tries to pop a finger in my butthole every now and then <laughs> like you're not even serious and you let larry do that weird shit on you oh man yeah um, all together i don't there's no one that i don't like really hate in the movie i thought that samantha was a little over the top at mm. times like you guys said it's a colorful character in a strange setting. Hmm. Yeah. My favorite scene is still the nine minute mark though. It's mad that her stepmom. Yeah. That's <laughs> just crazy. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I... Not to keep beating a dead horse, but that Samantha is dressed like it's going to be a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's very true. You get that. That character. It's almost. Eh. It's unique in a way too. It's almost like uh, a uniform sets up a character differently in a fictional story, right? So mm-hmm. it's like the cheerleader, and then you think about later on, like how the cheerleader is portrayed in like horror movies. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a twist, a twist on that. Yeah, I think they, they do that Buffy. too. In yeah, Buffy, Buffy was inspired by this. Um, and they also did it in what is it that grindhouse movie with mm-hmm. death proof which one death, have, yeah, yeah death proof with death uh proof, kate. Russell. yeah i think kate uh what's her name when uh damn camera right mary kate or something. something like that or kate but yeah something like that um she's dressed as a cheerleader in there mm-hmm. yeah mary elizabeth uh winstead yeah, winstead yeah. okay yeah yeah I so, yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a important character and an inspirational character probably for girls and something that later on kind of became a trope and got twisted. <clears throat> and this is kind of the first time you see something like that. Like, so I, I definitely dig Samantha's character and I dig Hector's character, too. And like Regina's a badass, too. She's just like, take no shit. So that that little trio, like if you were to look at it as a group, um, I think that they're pretty badass in this movie. Mm hmm. Yeah, they weren't pussies. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, you guys think that like being encased in the steel totally protected them from the common effect, and they're not infected? 
that's the only thing know. that makes <laughs> makes sense. I mean, especially well for Regina and Hector's characters, because Hector said he slept in his in his trailer, mm-hmm. right, in his truck, which is a big yeah, just right. steal. And then Samantha her in the theater in the steel shed out back. Yeah, right. yeah she that's right. She, yeah, she ran away from home. They yep. made it perfectly clear through totally nonsense conversations, like, oh, steel, yeah. By the way, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. That's good writing, though, in a way. Like, with yeah, based on their budget. Shields. Where were you yeah. last night? Yeah. When the comic came, where were you? So it wasn't like yeah. totally mm-hmm. bullshit. Then the rain comes at the end and starts washing all the red away. Gets the red out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gets the red out. I wonder if it gets the shit stains out <laughs> <laughs> from that commercial. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I got one last one for you guys. Could it qualify as a Christmas horror movie? Or is it just it doesn't because we think it's more nah, sci-fi? It's it's yeah, that's a more sci-fi. I don't think it's they don't really talk about Christmas at all besides like the whole North Pole thing and it was Christmas song on the radio and the dead. Yeah, color. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you see a Christmas tree and you see stuff like that. And because yeah, I'm not where where the film uh, was filmed at, you know, was in California or something. But you know, mm-hmm. there's no snow or anything, so so that right yeah. there automatically you don't really think about it that much. Yeah, people still put that's up true. lights and shit. So obviously, it wasn't made mm-hmm. around Christmas time out there. Yeah, that's what. Well, right, that's right. what they're saying. Like when everything happens, they say supposedly the comet passes is like December fourteenth or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, hey, Die Hard takes place in LA too. So it's right, just true. it's just something about Christmas that we associate with you know snow and cold weather because we grew up in the Midwest. So it's it's different. It's just different for us. Yeah. But who knows. Uh, that's why I had, a, had that question. I think I think a lot of people say that it's a it's a Christmas horror movie that more people don't don't know about. watch or know about and should consider more. But yeah, I get it. I don't, you know? I don't agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see why they say that, but I, I I think I'm with you guys too. I think I think it's a horror movie with some basic visu- Christmas elements. visual visually, but more the story beats are more sci-fi to me. It's a horror movie where some bitch. Named Doris has some shrinky dinks up on her window that say Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, all right, nice, man. Well, let me uh, bring it back real quick. If we could somehow harness this lightning, channel it into the flux capacitor, it just might work. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, we're back. From 1984, it's 2022. Mm-hmm. It's what 38 years later. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. a- anything like this? Mm, not lately. No, like you said. Well, I guess some things with similarities that I'm not thinking of. I am Legend, Dawn of the Dead. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you want from it when you're starting off. You think that's what it's going to be like a zombie movie, Mad Max, kind of. Desolation. A lot of people, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people at the time compared it to Mad Max, which is crazy, because of That's the desolation. True. And if you think of the first Mad Max, like very much so, because mm-hmm. that was shot in the fucking daytime with a bunch of crazies too. Yeah, it has that that similarities in it. You know, it's just that feel like it's a rape movie. Mm. <laughs> you know That's a, something. That in the early '80s, there was a lot of that, man. Seriously, yeah, like, yeah there, there, there was a lot more of that. Commonplace deliverance. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, even even I got his ass raped in the daytime. 
we were talking about this Scott before last year when we did a sci-fi series I think and we talked about Escape from New York and I think there's a scene in there where Snake is going through the like theater and like yeah you see a girl getting raped man just like in the background by some guys just yeah. like very bad <laughs> like yeah. stuff that wouldn't fly nowadays you know what I mean yeah, yeah that was the thing Caesar where Kurt Russell I think it's in the audio commentary where he laughed that Snake Plissken didn't give a shit about the girl getting raped or something like that. Yeah. It's fucking so. pretty callous. Just like Mad Max didn't do shit to stop the rapes. Yeah, it's it's a different time and something they did not have a problem depicting to get the story beats across. So I think that's yep. that's what it was too. And yeah, you one thing I'll say Yeah. It's different now. Like, you couldn't do that these days. But this movie, like, I feel like it's one of the more empowering movies. So you don't really see that kind of stuff. There's This is a yeah, movie where the girls are tough. They're yeah. tough. They're not going to be victims. You know, you're more likely to be their victim uh, in this case. So mm-hmm. um, they'll definitely knock your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> one, one interesting fact that I forgot to mention was that Heather Lankenkamp, uh, Lamenkamp, I, I can't say her last name, it's terrible, but Nancy yes. from uh, Nightmare. Yeah, she she auditioned for the role of Samantha, which would have been interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would have been interesting. For Very Samantha. Samantha right? Yeah, she was the, the cheerleader, the sister. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that'd have been interesting to see. Yeah, Nancy I think, like you said, actress. Scott. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Kelly. Uh, Maroney, I think the the actress that played her. I mean, she's been in a couple other horror movies in the eighties, so she she's definitely a scream queen. Uh, she's good too, so she fit that role pretty well. The mm-hmm. uh, one who played Samantha. Yeah. Okay. And like you said, I think I Am Legend gives you that vibe. You know, it, it's not for the same reason. I mean, there's nothing really like that that uses that sci-fi angle. I mean, besides like older movies do, like Maximum Overdrive did, right? Yeah, uh, that 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 was one that I felt like could share some similarities with this. Like this is happening on the other other side of the country while the comet had this effect here. You know, isn't uh, that what happened to Maximum Overdrive? There was a comet. There was a comet too. I mean, was that in the eighties? Is that when Hades Comet came by? Is is that was that the last time it happened or something? I know there was a lot of people smoking fucking crack back then. Don't they <laughs> talk about Hades Comet and uh, Creep Show? think they With, did uh, Stephen King yeah, yeah. he becomes a green plant man or whatever the moss man yeah yeah the last yeah he actually time it has came... the meteor <laughs> in his house right. and shit he's chilling yeah <laughs> yeah it's every I think every 75 years is Haley's comments and I think the last time was 86 so this makes a lot of sense a lot of movies based on that mm-hmm. it was probably something cool. popular at the time so yeah but yeah you that's what else that uh Look up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what that movie was called? That was made Don't recently with DiCaprio. Don't look up. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as the horror angle, have a movie like turning... Don't Look Up, right? Mm-hmm. Do the whole fucking movie, and then right at the end, the comic comes, and then you turn it into like a fucking from dusk till dawn scenario where everybody goes ape shit and turns into zombies just for like <laughs> the last half hour, and no one survives. Yeah. Night of the Comet. Interesting too. little movie. Yeah, I mean. It's a story that definitely could be modernized, and I think it could work really well, especially nowadays. Um, the right director with, and the technology and everything. Yeah, and you can yeah, use like nice solar flares or something like that. <laughs> Men or woman titter. 
the dad with tits. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Gotta drop off. Do you have any last words? Any final words? Can't wait to do Halloween. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah, I agree. But no, I enjoyed the movie though. It was worth the watch. Would you recommend it? Hasn't seen it? Yeah, I would. Especially nice. for those uh, reasons, you know, female empowerment and stuff, and mm-hmm. not many movies were doing that around that time. Yeah. Nice. Good. Cool. See. Awesome, man. Yo, well, I know you got to run, but uh, again, thank you, Mr. Risk, for being out with us. No problem. You guys take care. You too, right, man. man. Have a good night. I'll good try. night. <laughs> Bye. All right. So, recast run a recast. Line. Recast. Let's run it. Genius! The can's upside down! Don't talk to me like a child. I played Hamlet at Cambridge. Once again, you've ruined my concentration. Excuse me. Excuse me. What's, what's my motivation? You cast in a movie? Trust one of us. Not some actor. That's it. I am going to my trailer. All right. Recast. They're remaking this movie. I say we need at least the main three. Those are the important ones to recast. What, what do you think? Hector, mm-hmm. Samantha, and Regina. Who would you cast in those roles? What do you think about Hector? Hector, there's a lot of great Latino actors nowadays, I think. You know? True. Um, man, who would be a good Hector? Hmm. Who's like actually from that area? Yeah, I mean, he's from there too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right age, I'm thinking, can be too old. Like, you don't want it to be Bad Bunny. No, man. Yeah, it's too much and too much stuff lately. Yeah, he is. I could see it being, like, Pedro Pascal, but he's in a ton of stuff right now, too. You know who would uh, be good? Because he's kind of tough. Who's that? Is the dude that played Scorpion in the Spider-Man Homecoming at the end. Oh, He's in Breaking Bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name? I seen him doing commentary and stuff at the end of like Better Call Saul. He seems like he's just pretty naturally nice dude. Oh my goodness. I know what you're talking about. I just don't I can't remember his name. He's in Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. Or he's in Better Call Saul as Nacho. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Just I'll see if I can name. get it. His name is eluding me. Michael Mando. There you go. M A N D O Mando Mando. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that guy's really good. You can see him doing mm-hmm. that. That's a it's a good role too, you know what I mean? Like it you gotta be like kind of strong in that role too. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was gonna say like it could be Oscar Isaac or Pedro Pascal, but they're older already. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have a ton of stuff they're doing. Um Oscar Isaac is Latino? Yeah. You oh, know I that? thought he was Middle Eastern, man. <laughs> I yeah, always have like not just because of Moon Knight. Yeah, no, he's he's half Cuban, half uh, or something like that. Oh, yeah, his last name's Hernandez. He just uses his first and middle name. Oh, Hollywood, Hollywood. What's this guy's name? He was just in something recently too. I think he would be really good. He was in uh, Agents of Shield. He played Ghost Rider. Gabriel Luna. Yeah, he was in Terminator. Uh huh. I think he could play that part. Yeah, really he good. fits the mold right there. He even kind of looks like him. Yeah, I think he would be a great Hector in a Night of Comet yeah. remake. Yeah. For sure. And then Regina's got to be a strong chick, man. Yeah, somebody from wrestling. Yeah, somebody with some chops. Becky Lynch from wrestling. She's a tough lady. She's not too old okay. either. Nice. Yeah, that, that'll work. 
Like she's not exactly 18, but she could pass for late 20s. Yeah. Easily. I mean, we could rewrite it a little bit, right? Make it an older sister that's taking care of her younger sister. Yeah. And they they have that weird dynamic because they're like so different in age. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking. And you're not a mom deal going on. Yeah, exactly. Like Instead of Doris. Instead of Doris. We get rid of the Doris factor because we're not going to promote, you know, child endangerment by their parents. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So. (laughs) I mean, it it would be worse if like, hey, you're taking care of you now because mom and dad fucking died when the comic came. Yes. Like when Doris dies, they're like, good. Fuck that bitch. (laughs) Um, I say I was going to go with Peyton List from Cobra Kai as the, the younger sister. Which one is that? The one that plays, oh damn, Tori. Tori, yes. Yeah, she's a tough chick. Could be the younger sister, the in the cheerleader outfit. So, I think, I think as long as you cast those three right, you can have a great movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you got to put Creighton Duke behind the counter at the movie theater at the start instead of out in the alley. <laughs> Creighton Duke, like he has dude. a name. <laughs> he knows who he is. He's older though now. He's like too old. That guy was old as fuck behind the counter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the dude behind the counter looked like fucking Grandpa so Monster. The, he was, uh, damn, he played Murray in UHF. He played Uncle Murray in UHF. Uh, do you remember that movie with uh, Weird Al? Yeah, I do remember. I, you know I've fucking <laughs> seen UHF, dude. I just looked up Creighton Duke. And they got, What's they his gave name? Me, like, a whole overview of Creighton Duke. Oh, is it like a fan, fan, fanpedia of it or something? No, it's like right on fucking Bing, I guess. Stephen Williams is the actor's name. Stephen Williams. Oh, man. Yeah, I I was going to say, I knew I recognized the guy behind the counter because I was like, I've seen him in UHF. Yeah, I think the guy behind the counter was Grandpa Munster on the updated version of the Munsters. You think so? Look at him. Oh, man. Don't bother. Just look at them. Just forget about it, man. I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Keep going with what you were going to say. <laughs> Don't worry about that shit. It's killing me. <laughs> Stanley Brock. His name's Stanley Brock. Sorry. Stanley Brazo? Brock. Brock? The, the guy behind the counter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the, the guy that worked at the theater who was telling her to go walk the theater and shit. And he was getting pissed because she wouldn't listen and want to play video games. Mm-hmm. Remember in the movie when the guy pops up and like scares the shit out of Stanley Brock? He's like, oh, sorry, sir. Concessions are over there. And the dude's dressed like the fucking Terminator or something. Yeah. What was that, man? I don't know. But it's just like nothing came of it. You're right. That's one of those moments in the movie. I wonder who that was. It seems like the type of movie where everything that happens has a purpose. Uh, There was something that was like in like... And the interesting facts about it that this movie takes place in the same universe as something else. And I can't remember what it was, but that is a, yeah, interesting fact. Maybe it was a fucking Terminator, dude. Who knows? Maybe it was. It was in, it, it was in LA. Overdrive. That's true. <laughs> oh, shit. Maximum Overdrive would make more sense. But there was also the scummy alley. Yeah. It looked like Kyle Reese could have popped up in a time bubble at any point. Yeah. That's true. Nice, man. So, mm-hmm. overall? Yeah, I think, like, the staff in the fucking 
laboratory not too important yeah I agree Larry not too important like I think they need more people to fucking come into contact with you know and then those people get taken out I think that's one thing you need the core group and then some people that you know you're gonna they meet they meet along the way yeah Mm -hmm. also that mall scene reminded me of Dawn of the Dead yeah there's there's shit like that you think that was uh, I definitely concept maybe I think so I think like I said there's some subtle stuff uh, politically said in the movie that that one in in particular is like more of a shot at like consumerism kind of showing how what what would be the first thing that teenagers do uh, in that situation which is something I guess a director alluded to that yeah. He would mention that to the actors all the time. Like, what would you do, you know, if this really happened? They were like, first place yeah. we go would be to a mall, you know, that kind of shit, go to the arcade. So, not that makes DMK. a lot of sense. He went and gathered up all the badass cars in the city. He had 20, I got 23 more of them and shit. Yeah, exactly. You should see all my houses. <laughs> I should see all my pools with mm-hmm. dust in them. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Definitely. That is a good point, though, about the consumerism because i mm-hmm. think that's i would have fucking go right to sam's club <laughs> you know what i mean yeah they have everything you need there yeah just like uh they do that in like why the last man that show remember the mm-hmm. the group goes into like a costco type place yeah you lock it down you have to yeah man with guns but yeah nice um summarizing would you recommend it to people or you think it's too old now yeah i mean this is this was one of my choices when we started this remember yeah we kind of agreed on it i love it i love it man it's still there's like all that stuff that we mentioned you know there is some cheesy stuff but i feel like with what they had to work with and what they came out with and even considering like some of the actors at the time didn't think there was going to be anything that came of it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty impressive, I think, what they did and mm-hmm. how much story you actually get from something like this. It's crazy. Yeah, it's thought provoking. Obviously, we just talked about the motherfucker for an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it's like it's a cult classic. I think, man, it's something that definitely people could look at, you know, to get ideas from or get influenced by inspiration inspiration that's what i meant yeah nice Mm -hmm. well yeah i think that does it for this one the fact that it's 80s as fuck yeah because it's got a little charm to it yes i agree if you don't have a problem with that then uh you'll definitely enjoy it yeah i think given all the nostalgia based programming programming shows that we get these days like stranger things you can really enjoy this because it, it's got that fucking this is 80s feel yeah i think people nice, like man. that i've really enjoyed going back and watching all these old movies that you or whoever we all agree on and recommend i agree so i got a text message should i read it it's from a younger viewer uh shout out jack i'm gonna read this uh text message they said <laughs> They saw the movie, 
this is this come from a younger person so i kind of wanted to share because we're older uh and you know we obviously grew up at that time so they thought the movie was great it was really different what they really enjoyed was the sister dynamic um they didn't think that after the comet turned people into zombie creatures even though the ending was kind of corny it was nice to know uh that one of the sisters found someone their age but it was also crazy that they ended up the other two ended up being the parents to those kids at the end the researchers killing off the rest of the survivors just to keep their blood yes they were uh, for that question mm-hmm. and the soundtrack was 10 out of 10 they said i'm not even a part of the 80s i don't want <laughs> nothing to do with it <laughs> i'm not even a part of the 80s but they said the mall scene was their favorite because they kind of like the bad guys at the mall and yeah. you know or the zombie version of mall rats that makes sense it does make sense <laughs> and uh yeah nine they gave it a 9.5 out of 10 just because the ending was too happy <laughs> <laughs> it was i agree <laughs> for what i thought i was and, getting into when it started and also the last thing they want to mention is they don't understand why the scene when Sam was pretending to host a radio show, she was talking to a smaller world instead of knowing that she was broadcasting to the whole world. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, thank you for sharing, Jack. And uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up, man. I agree. On to the next one. Thank you for listening. Nothing funny at the end. Fuck. No. Crack kills Larry in the alley with a wrench. Boom. boom yeah. And then he that. ate his ass. <laughs> yeah that uh that does it for this one everybody thank you again for listening to noir 15 all cast it's your boy seven c's and i got to give a shout out to my man mr risk for coming on the show and talking about night of the comet and also to great scott for coming on as always make sure you tune in next week as we talk about volume two in this series and the movie night of the living dead we'll have a special guest on frank from the silver screen podcast awesome dude you can't miss it and it's a great episode so tune in next week and thank you again for listening for now it's your boy 7c saying peace out god bless and leaving you with a track from 1984 enjoy your weekend everybody
Rise without a bit. 